All righty, starting us off, it's going to be Nick and Dustin, the two of them. Go over the idea that Deshaun Watson wasn't on the sideline this past Sunday. Instead, was up in a suite. I think it was like one of those nondescript football accounts. Like one of the weird aggregating uh, Twitter accounts that exist only to stir bleep and, and unrest amongst uh, social media fans and NFL fans. Does his name start with Dove? No, 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 no. It was like NFL football or like, you know, complete NFL or it's those stupid things. Yeah. Well, I'll say this much. I brought this to you before the show, and here's why. Because, you know, I'm on, like, 19 different group chats, and people just want to just text me about the Browns all day. Uh And that's fine. But, like, this morning, people were, like, texting me about, you know, hey, Deshaun wasn't on the field. Burrow was on the field. They won. Burrow helped out the back quarterback. And I just wondered, like, is is, is it a thing or not a thing For, for our fans? I think it is a thing for some people. Right. And, and actually, I don't really have a, a, a personal take on it because I don't know the, the extent of the injury. I don't know if he's allowed to be on the field or wants to be on the field, or if he would be able even be able to like help Joe Flacco, who knows probably more about the game than he does. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of factors that go into it. But there were people that were texting me this morning, yeah. pictures of of Deshaun looking like he was at weekend at Bernie's, <laughs> and then Joe Burrow with the headset on. Yeah, this was a hot topic. Odyssey rewind. I thought a hot topic of the story. Remember those stories? Do they still exist? I hope they don't exist. You seem like a mall rat, Michael Bohm. You know, you know, back in the day, mall rat, not a current mall rat. That's actually very accurate. Yeah. Yes, back in the day, I was. I got that vibe. Yeah, you remember hot I, topic, Annie Ann's pretzels, the whole works. Yeah, I do. I grew up in Beechwood, so I was surrounded by the malls. That's almost one of the main things we were known for. That was it. High school, you just hang out in the malls, and then you, you know, I, I don't know what you did. You played music too, so I'm sure that was a that was a breeding ground for you. Either way, Deshaun Watson, I'm not going to blame him for being up there in the suite. I'm just not going to do it. I understand what you guys had to say. I got it. We did a lot of phone calls on it. I'm not going to blame Deshaun Watson because I don't think he would have helped out Joe Flacco. Too many cooks in the kitchen for my money uh, if he was helping out Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco has won a Super Bowl. Deshaun Watson hasn't won anywhere close to the amount of playoff games that Joe Flacco has won. Joe Flacco knew what he was doing. He didn't need any help. And he certainly doesn't need help charting plays. P.J. Walker can chart plays. Did it rub people the wrong way that Deshaun was out there in a Lamborghini jacket and he had the, the, the shades on and everything? Sure, probably. Probably did. Doesn't bother me. If you guys follow his Instagram, you guys know that's just how he dresses. He dresses very nice. He dresses like it's always fashion week. He cares about these things. He likes that type of stuff. I'm not going to ding him for it. All right, next up. Ken and Anthony on watching games. You try to limit it as much as you can. Like, it doesn't happen two times in a year. So if out of 17 games, there's one that I can't lay eyes on in real time, that's okay. You just got to watch it before you go on. Like, I had a situation. I hate to say this. Uh, That Patriots game last year, we had Axel's flag football championship. And I got to see the fourth quarter. And by the fourth quarter, that was a blowout, and I had to host the postgame. Because we had the flag football championship. And (laughs) then I had to host the postgame. It was a championship game. Yeah, for Jeff, because he had to do some other things. And it was a... uh, it was a at least Axel won it. I was like, thank God he won this thing. Was you just throw to the press conferences? <laughs> I know I knew enough about the game where I, I hate to admit this. I knew enough about the game that it was fine. It was like a once in a lifetime. Axel won. I don't know if he's ever going to be in a championship again. I have to do that. 
And I saw it, and then after, I was, God, I was up till two in the morning. I got about a nap, and then I came up here. It was a very, very, very long day. Is this very just, long day. Is this just what it's going to be going forward? If I want to be a good husband and a good father, do I have to, do I have to, this is my career. Well, you get used like, to that, it. That is the thing. It yeah. is my career. It didn't sound good. I cherish my Sundays. So part of the deal when I met my wife is that I just laid it out all on the line. Sundays are for football. I watch more sports than anybody could ever imagine because I care about this. And I'm one of those sports radio hosts that I just take everything in and I watch everything. And it's how I operate. I just I have to in order to feel like I'm doing this job right. Not everybody has to, though. Not everybody does. I They just don't. I need to. I know that about me. And so I do. I can't. I don't know what I'll do if I get to a point where it's like choosing a, a my daughter's event over the Browns on a Sunday, but I don't think it's going to end well for my daughter if that's the choice. But I think she's going to know me well enough to know because she's watched all these sports documentaries with me and she knows what I do on Sundays. I mean, she's like 10 months old and she's got a good understanding that on Sundays, dad's on the couch after he comes home from work and doesn't move for hours. Uh, he just, she just knows that. I know she knows that. So I don't know how that's going to work with the balancing side of things, but I don't love that if I'm looking into the future and using Lima as that look into the future, seems like Lima's losing that battle. And if Lima's losing that battle and Ken lost that battle, that means, sports fans, I'm probably going to lose that battle too, and I don't love that side of things. But I lose it for good reasons, and I guess that makes it worthwhile in the long run. I think really my daughter would be the only thing that's in the way there. That's That's got to be, that'd be the only thing. I've already proven with my wife. She knows the deal. She knows what's up. I gotta just, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta tell my daughter constantly, every day I'll remind her. And what are Sundays for? Sundays are for football. It's like how my, my wife every now and then, she'll ask her, go, what's going on in football right now? I'm like, oh, you know, it's the witching hour. And she'll respond back, ah, the witching hour, where losses become wins and wins become losses. It's like, yeah, you got it. You know, you, she know, you know what's going on here. She's got it down. All right, next up. Baskin and Phelps on football realignment. Here we go. It might be better said to say super divisions rather than super conference because if you're if you're the Big Ten, you're not dissolving, you're not going anywhere. If you and I think you know Doug Maurice's whole principle on the, what he sees as the future of athletics with the Kings of the North, right? Like remember Doug's told us before where he said eventually college athletics, big time college athletics, is probably going to split into North and South. That's really what you're going to have. And so, but it, so basically what you're saying is Big Ten, SEC. I mean, who would have thought the Pac-12 How many teams would be are in the changed? Big Ten now? 37? 106. Okay. But I'm, I'm glad you're keeping score. Right. Because you know why? There is no math in the Big Ten. But you, you know what I mean, though. At these higher, at these schools of higher education, they have more than 10 schools in a conference called the Big Ten. As Doug said, you know, like, is, is the Mountain West, those schools going to pony up? I think Baskin's right. I th- now it won't be called the North and the South, but it might as well be. But he's right. It'll be called the SEC and the Big Ten, and that's where conference realignment is going. Everyone either get on board or stop watching college football. My big point throughout this entire weekend was the idea that I I, I don't love that all these conversations that we got to have over the previous 72 hours – and I had a lot of them with you guys on CBS Sports Radio on Saturday night. It was so much fun getting to talk to all you guys that called in. My big point, my big contention was the idea that I'll miss the conversations around who gets in and who doesn't. Listen, life isn't fair. We've established that, right? Life is not fair. Why does football have to be? 
NFL lets too many teams in. Baseball lets too many teams in. The NBA lets way too many teams in. Uh, what I love about college football is the regular season doesn't do that. It, it makes you be great. And the, and the college football playoff demanded that you were great. And yes, was it unfair? Yes. But that's also a reflection of life. And I really do believe it made the league better. What made college football special is no longer a part of college football as we move to 12 teams invited to the big dance next year. It was a feature, not a bug, and they got rid of it, and I don't like it. All right, next up. This is fun. Nick and Dustin, they are doing live radio as we find out the Guardians get the number one overall pick in this year's draft. What do you guys want if the Guardians get the number one pick here? Cincinnati. Are you really gets the number on the phone call? Yeah, I threw it okay. out. Because now, I mean, guys, they're either going to get the number one pick. Yes! They got the number one Can the Guardians get the number one pick? Can they do it? Sweating right now. I know. You look like me after eating a whole pizza. Like you're just, you're just confused a little bit. You're angry. You're excited. You're bewildered. Oh, we're definitely putting together a big board. Man, look, Chris Antonetti, they jammed up with John McDonald, Nick Gilbert. This is in your honor. This is in your honor. Got it done. Another number one pick coming to the city of Cleveland. A 2% chance of happening. The Guardians get it done. The best part about this is the Nationals actually won the first lottery drawing, but they're ineligible for a top six pick. So they had to redraw, and then the Guardians ended up getting it. It's wild. I've never seen Chris Antonetti so pumped. Never seen him so excited. Now, as you guys know, baseball first overall picks is not like hitting in basketball or the NFL. The hit rate for baseball first overall picks, it's just not the same. It's like... You get some good years where you have a Carlos Correa go way, way back to Ken Griffey Jr., but there, there's some good years in there. There's no doubt about it. There's some good number one overall picks. There's a lot more Matt Bushes in there than you'd like to believe, though. There's a lot more bad players that were taken number one overall than really, really good players that were taken number one overall. But that's good for the Guardians. They haven't had one in a long time. We'll talk about this a little bit later on because there's an angle to this I feel like you guys need to hear. So if you're if you're listening to this on the podcast... Odyssey Rewind, go back late o'clock, late in the 10 o'clock, early 11 o'clock hours, likely where we plan to do it. Uh, and we'll have some Guardians talk for you guys there, okay? All right, next up, Ken and Anthony on the Flacco versus DTR discussion and John Greco getting in the mix. You know, what are we doing here? You brought this to me yesterday, and you were you were saying, and you were clearly saying devil's advocate. I don't want you to get anything on you as we talk about this. Yeah, that the organization would, would probably want DTR because it's the guy they drafted. It would be they natural saw, that they did. Yeah, they yes. saw potential in him. Had he not have been concussed, they would not have, they would not have gone to Joe Flacco. It, they wouldn't have. It, it is natural that they would. And it wasn't like he played horrifically enough to go, we can't. We can't have this guy anyway. No, he he played well enough. It was a shame he got hurt. And also, Joe Flacco was available, and yet 
they they wanted DTR. But they now, wanted P.J. Walker. But as they, we've seen. They did not want to go to Joe Flacco. And as we've seen, we have the benefit of new information. And what we saw was a pretty good eye. Yeah, the benefit of new information is where it lets you kind of off the hook. If you were... If you're one of the people that called me up a couple weeks ago, uh, a couple weeks ago and said DTR belongs in a Super Bowl MVP discussion and all these ridiculous things that people were calling up and telling me, it's okay. It's all right. You got new information. Joe Flacco was too good to sit back and say that DTR deserves to be the starter for this week. Now I'm on a week by week basis with Joe Flacco. I went in as a man without a country. I leave with a, a Flacco flag. Flying proudly, okay? I I am on the Joe Flacco train until Joe Flacco gives me a reason to go ahead and get off at the next stop. That's as, it's as simple as that. He's on a week-by-week trial basis. We'll see where it goes. But I'm hoping he's the answer. Because the way the defense has looked as of late, I need him to be the answer. And I hate that I need him to be the answer, but I really, I really do. At this point, I'm wondering if we got more faith in the offense than the defense right now based off of the injuries to the defense. We'll ask our Browns insider, Daryl Ryder, about that. What he thinks about Joe Flacco, what he thinks about Deshaun Watson, and him being on in the suite and not on the sidelines this past weekend as the Browns fell to the Rams. Daryl Ryder joins us next. It's Overtime with Jonathan Peterlin here with you on The Fab.